Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Monday. I hope you are all doing well. I've got a game tonight. So we're going to do that. More Astonishing Swordsman fun. I think I'll be minus my grandson Gage, unfortunately, on account of he's kind of grounded. <laughs> I guess it'll happen. Anyway, I was going to... It's funny how my mind works sometimes. I listened to a recent episode of Tavern Chat with Eric Tinkar. And he talked about, basically he was talking about free will and player agency, or character agency. In other words, they can do whatever they want within the scenario. And where you draw the line. Well, I'm not going to rehash that topic. Instead, I started thinking about sages for some reason. Because there's always going to be a time in a game when the players need some kind of either historical or mystical or something information. Where do they go? Now, a lot of these books like First Edition Dungeons and Dragons and other play AD&D and things like that, they have systems for hiring sages and what they cost and all that. that that's the kind of emephra that I really don't care about. Because in that and hiring henchmen and things like that, it's a nice guideline. But it's to me, it comes down to the role playing. I look in the book to see what the what could be the average, etc., etc. And it started to think, and I started to think, you know, we, you already have, most parties already have a sage in their midst, which is the magic user, or subclass thereof. And I'm sure the magic user would have some kind of connections, at least through their master or something like that. And then I started thinking, here's where we get to the topic. <laughs> here's where we get to the topic. I started thinking about connections, and not only magic users, but character connections. And I don't mean like so-and-so's married to so-and-so, so-and-so's trying to backstab so-and-so, etc. I mean like connections in your profession or role, class, whatever. Fighters are going to have connections either in the military or mercenary companies or maybe a fighter's academy, uh, fighter school, things like that. A thief will have the connection, of course, through the Thieves' Guild and the Underground. The cleric, the church, okay, no problem. But there's also these little tiny connections people make day to day, like the fishmonger that the fighter befriends, or the pawnbroker that the thief happens to know, or even the cleric happens to know, you never know. Because sometimes contacts come in weird places. And it should be through the role-playing, but, you know, you can start them out like that. I need to come up with, because I've played modern games before, like Gangbusters is a somewhat modern game, and other things like that. And I played some spy stuff and all those other things. And, you know, they have, like, say, Gangbusters, they have a system where we're doing templates and each template comes with a number of connections that this character may have, and you pick a couple. That's a good idea. I think that players, even in D&D, should come up, when they first create the character, they should think up some connections outside the, outside the group that they could bring. People who, people who can get them information, owe them favors, what have you. The fighter can have a connection in the local 
militia or the town guard where he can go say, hey, we found this guy, this guy we think is hiding in these. Even before you go down the dungeon, I'm not talking just about city adventures and things like that and wilderness adventures because like the ranger, he'll know the druids. He'll probably know a lot of druids and other rangers who can help them. So, so you see where I'm going with this. It would be nice to come up with, say, whenever a character, whenever a character is created, you give them one D. Say you roll, have them roll a D4, and that's how many connections they start with. Okay, and follow me on this. Now, the reliability of the connection can be something like a percentile, or maybe umpteen one to f- one to two on a six on a six-sided die, or a twelve, or two to t- two to three on a twelve, or something. You know, something that way. I prefer the percentile system myself. Because I already do that with gangbusters. You find out how reliable they are, and you can do things like if you owe them a favor, it's minus 10% that they'll grant it because it'll be a percentage roll based on someone's charisma, not only charisma and their level. I would add their level too because the more experience they get, the more they will know these people. And either they will like them or they don't, but that's another story. But they will... You know, say they're a fifth level, I don't know, fifth level thief. So you have a percentage chance of have, having the, you know, get the information you want, having the favor granted, and each level of the character would be like 5% more, or, or 5%, or 10% if you want to be generous. Um, so you could do things like if you owe somebody, if the character owes somebody a favor, there's minus 10% there. If they are owed a favor, it may be up to 15 to 20%, depending on the favor and depending on the circumstances. And also, they will get pluses on it if this person you're trying to get favors on wants to get him in his debt, things like that. These are all things you can think of, role-playing ideas. And I think it's a good idea because it just it broadens the world, brings in new, more NPCs, and it's a really handy thing to have. Now, let's see. You give them a D4, D4 contacts. And then through the course of the game and the role-playing, they will make more contacts. Every level up, I'll give them another D4 or even a D, say a D2. Say they get just one to two more contacts. If they haven't made all, any already in role-play, because it always falls back to the role-playing. So I think the context thing is good because it really enriches the game. They can get information they wouldn't be able to get otherwise on things. Hey, I hear there's a beholder down the third level of this dungeon. Let's go talk. Do you, you, uh, Misto, the, the wizard, you know somebody in the Sages Guild, right? Can you get information from that? Sure, no problem. Let me see what I can do. And, you know, forewarned is, forewarned is forearmed, so... It's a good thing. Get, you, that's the way you get the players to role play more, and you get to start think about gathering information. Now, information shouldn't be the be all and end all the game. I know Call of Cthulhu and all that, and that's part of the part of the fun. But they should be getting used to gathering information before they do something. I mean, I, I how should I say it? Doc Doc Savage had his group who would do all the information and recon and things like that for the dock. Buckaroo Banzai and the Hong Kong Cavaliers. That's why he had the Hong Kong Cavaliers and Blue Blazer regulars, because they were his eyes and ears out in the world. 
and they all had specialists within that group. So it it behooved them to have that kind of group. And your PC group, that's what they are, especially playing like an espionage thing or even Marvel superheroes or any other supers game. You, you do the research. I mean, Batman isn't the greatest detective for nothing. He knows where to get information. He knows who to get information from and how. That's a good example right there. So try out some kind of contacts using their reputation. I'd use charisma. Depending on their charisma, give them like, say, if you were using percentile, you give them, if they had a 12 charisma, I don't know, uh, plus 20%. It depends. It's it's something you have to work out, but every game should have something like that. Hell, I can go back to Gangbusters and probably pull that out. Anyway, that's my idea of contacts and information. If you want to talk about it, you can drop me a line at oldmangrognor@gmail.com or give me a voicemail here over here at Anchor where I'm recording. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support the show, and I'd appreciate it. So, until we see each other next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.